0: Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie do! don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. They are buzzing, heading down the stretch, pardon the pun, right in the thick of things. So pleased to welcome on once more the head men's basketball coach at the University of Wisconsin Superior Greg Polkowski to the pod one more time. Coach, thanks so much for joining us again.
1: No, thank you, Ryan and Wyatt for having me again. Uh, enjoy following you guys and your coverage, and um, try to listen from time to time when I'm able. And and uh, yeah, thanks for having me, and thank you for the coverage of the UMAC. Uh, most most importantly,
0: we will uh, stay on the court for the most part tonight, Coach. But we may pull you off it a time or two. But just a softball to throw your way to start things off. And I know you could take this a number of different directions and it, you know, obviously is a lot more than just what the numbers say and what your record is in a season. But if we were to pull you back to let's say October and you're getting prepared for this season and we could tell you heading into the penultimate weekend of UMAC play with four games left on your regular season slate, you're 13 and eight on the year overall, but more importantly, you are seven and three in the UMAC and very much alive for anything you would like to accomplish in this league, what would you say if somebody told you that in october
1: that's a good qu- i don't know if that's a softball you threw me there uh, <laughs> that's that's a that's a really good question, kind of a slider knuckleball curveball question you threw me there but uh um no I, I think you know it can answer a lot of different ways i think. Um, you know, coaches. You can. You know, there's expectations. There's goals of. You know what you want to do in October, heading into your season, and. Um, you know, you, you everybody has goals, and you know, I feel. You know, I'm a optimistic person, person, and a positive person, and and you know, think the best of. What, what our team is capable of and what our, our student athletes on our team are capable of. Um, and at the same time, you know, you try to be realistic of, you know, okay, where can we be and how can we get there? I, I, to be honest with you, I couldn't tell you what I was thinking in October. I do know that I could tell you, and I'm not trying to turn this into coach speak, but I, I do feel, looking back to October, that I felt we had a group that would play hard I felt we had a togetherness to us as a group in October. I felt like we needed to grow that a little bit with, with some new faces that, that we had, that we have in the program. I knew that would not be a challenge for us, but something that we would need to accomplish, um, you know, as the season went forward. But I, I really felt good about our personnel and the fact that we would come out and compete. Um, and that we would have a togetherness to us. And, and that I definitely was feeling that in October. What, how that was going to translate into numbers, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, so if you were to tell me we would be where we are right now, I would say you know, I, I guess I'd be happy with that. If you told me that in October, I think you know, we've, we've done a lot of positive things this year thus far. There's a lot of season left. Are there some, you know, there's some things out there that, you know, maybe we wish we would have done a little bit better this way or that way. Um, of course, but you're going to have that um, every season. So uh, I don't know if I answer your question there, but I do know in October, I I, I did really love our group. Um, and I knew that they'd be capable of this. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of unanswered questions at that time. And, and we've quest- we've answered some of those to this point, but there's there's still more out there as well.
2: Let's fast forward a little bit to December then, because to me at least when things really started to come together for you was when you guys beat John Carroll. That was a huge win, and then you, you rattled a bunch off from there and got things rolling. Do you think that was kind of a turning point this year for you where maybe not you knew you were capable of great things, but maybe the players started to believe it after that win as well?
1: No, I think you, your your statement there uh, with your question <laughs> Is that there's you're on to something there, I guess I could say, because uh, you know, I listened to your podcast with you know two of our players, Javon Walker and Joseph Ferenholz, and I know that that weekend was talked about a a fair amount or a bit, you know, within your guys' podcast with Hmm. them, and um, I I think that to your statement of, you know, maybe that was a turning point for the players. I do think there is some truth in that statement. Uh, for me, you know, did I think, okay, we're going to go into John Carroll and okay, we're going to, you know, really, you know, lead from one end, you know, wire to wire that whole game and, and win that game in some ways handily. I don't think we ever felt comfortable in it. Uh, no, I never, I never would have told you that, you know, uh, not because I didn't think we couldn't do it, but I just, you know, the way it rolled out, you know, I couldn't tell you that that's what was going to happen. But what I what I will say is, leading up to John Carroll, I think we saw lots of signs that we were capable of that. I mean, I thought we played a good 40 minutes against St. Glasgow. You know, we played a, you know, we beat a, you know, what's turned out to be a really good Central Iowa team uh, early on in the season. You know, we had a really good game with Platteville up here, the third game of the season that, you know, it came down really the last two minutes of the game, and, and Platteville finished that out. Uh, you know, we had a really good game at St. Norbert. You know, we got we got down. Before we played John Carroll, we played Stevens Point, and, you know, we got down at half, and we did not play a great first half, but I, I thought in that second half at Stevens Point, you know, we were really, there was really something there, and, um, you know, The question was, okay, now you're going to go off for Christmas break and the holidays, and you're going to travel to Florida on a bus, and you're going to step out on a floor at a a high school in Naples, Florida, and and play, you know, at the time, the eighth ranked team in the country. How is that going to unfold? But all those pieces were kind of able to be put together that weekend. not guess not not only against a very good John Carroll team, but to turn around the next night and do it and then to ride a bus back from Florida and, and you know that following weekend carry that into conference play and, and obviously there's you know a lot of good teams in the league this year, but you know that there was definitely yeah, yeah you, you can't take away that there was something on that trip. there's no doubt, but I think it was building up prior to that trip, but could there, could that have been a turning point? Um, I think there's there's some relevance to that statement for sure.
0: I want to stay on that little section of the season, Coach, for for just a moment before we get into the heat of UMAC play, but it especially sticks out. Like you mentioned, wire-to-wire you guys were fantastic to knock off a top-10 team in the country, and you put up 87 points in doing so. But then you play a game the next day against a good Clarkson club, and you win it at 55. Now, with superior men's squads in the past, we know you guys dig in maybe more than anyone in this league on the defensive end, and that is at the heart of your identity. Is that you're going to be... Real tough and a headache for every club in the UMAC to score on throughout the duration of the season. All that is to be said, we've seen it in that John Carroll game and we've seen it in a number of other spots as well this season. You are now in your sixth season at the helm leading this program. Have you ever had a more capable, I guess, if we want to put it that way, offense where you guys, night in, night out depending on the evening if you have to you can go win a shootout type of a game and you have so many options whether it's reed johnson from downtown or javon walker making things happen off the dribble or joseph farren doing his thing in the paint is this near or as good of an offense that you have had in your time with the jackets
1: yeah i think to answer that question on the offensive side of the ball i think um I think each year that we've been here, specifically the last three, going back to, you know, I'll just go back to the 1920 season where I, I thought we kind of, I don't know if you want to say put a foundation to us, you know, after a couple of years of, you know, whether it's putting a, a, a the team together, the, the program together, building upon things, wh- whatever you want to call it. So if you go back, you know, that's been, you know, four seasons. So if I look at that window of time, I think there's a few ways to answer that question. One, do I think there's versatility in our roster right now with some of the guys you just listed off with, you know, we're having point guard and lead guard play. We have guys that can go off the dribble, you know, and Javon Walker, Andrew Cornelius, Levy Miguel. We have shooting ability, you know, obviously Reed Johnson's one everybody, you know, goes through with that, which is very true. But we have other guys that can shoot the ball and you have some, you know, inside out play with guys like Joey Barker and what Joseph can do inside out and and other guys as well. Ethan Ranch, Jaden Fitch, you know, you can go down the list. Um, So there is versatility and depth there. That is most definitely a part of it, and and I would say, and I think you talked about this on earlier podcast with Joseph and Javon, or maybe not, maybe you didn't, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Um, I would say it's the most depth we've ever had. Um, I I do feel that way of depth that you know anybody can go out there at any time. It's made practices really good. Uh, I, the part that I feel the offense, the offense output right now. You know whether you look at you know points per game and all that. You know. You know, if you look at synergy rankings, this, that, it is our highest output offensively that we've ever had. But I, I, it's a credit to the players, no doubt. But I also think it's a credit to the players not only in their ability, but we've grown in, if if you will, our system, and our guys have, have grown with that so well. And that is not any credit to me. They have become more and more creative within our systems of play, and we've learned, okay, this didn't, This is an area we need to grow in from last year. And we've made an, an intentional effort to do that in certain areas, and we find strengths, and we, we try to run with that. And our guys have done such a great job of, of just running with that themselves. I mean, I, I know I'm not able to do what they're able to do uh, with the basketball and, and whatnot, so, but it's I think some of it's come out of us playing together as a team within our system, um, and that's not one thing, you know. That's a half court game. That's a transition game. That that extends to our defensive game, um, and then much of it also is is their ability in, in the the commitment that they've had. You know, all those guys we just listed off are returners um, or have played, you know, college basketball for quite some time. So that's all credit to them as well. So I think it's a combination of factors, but it, it has evolved to a point where you know there there has been a higher output of offense, no doubt. I
2: appreciate you asking that question. Yeah, for sure, Coach. So there's no doubt, too, one of the things everybody has an opinion on is the transfer portal. And you just said something. You said this is the deepest team you've ever had there, and you actually lost some guys to the transfer portal Mm -hmm. as well coming into the season. So what does that say about superior basketball and just this group and the fact that you're able to be where you're at? after losing some guys and you saying that i think is pretty remarkable about where your program's at right now uh what what does that say about superior basketball
1: um that's another good question um yeah i think the the piece and i won't try to get on too big of a tangent on this but i think that the transfer portal the transfer environment whatever you want to call it um I think that affects all levels of basketball. I mean, obviously, you see it at the highest levels, at the Division One and the scholarship level, and I think it's very apparent at the Division Three level, and that that is what it is. You know, that's kind of the where we're at with things. Okay, um, I think you could maybe look at. I mean, I, don't, I don't have this on a list, and I haven't honestly even thought about this till you bring it up. But you know, it's it's not only our team that has um, been involved with the transfer game or the transfer portal. There's probably been a lot of teams in our league. So you're asking me, what, is it, what does it say about superior basketball? You know, I back to my earlier statement about, you know, I know we had a group of guys in October that would compete. I am a firm believer in our guys, and I don't, I'm not saying I have all the questions or answers on the basketball side of it or the coaching side of it. I've got a lot to learn, too, and, and I'm very aware of that. But I do feel that the guys that... Are developing, I believe that they are developing and that we are learning day by day, week by week, game by game, and I think there is huge power in retention and I love our returners I love. Looking forward, and I'm not looking past you know tomorrow's practice. But you know, you talk about retention that that's our biggest recruiting tool right now. Going into next year, is is retention, and, and is our guys because you know we basically return every guy. And looking back at what at our current roster, um, I love the returners that we have, and that that is a huge part of it. And and they have developed not only individually but within our team. And and I and I kind of use the word system a little bit because you know we're kind of talking specifically to the offensive side of it, but but we have developed as a team. So, what does that say about superior basketball? I don't know. I hope it's going the right way. But I I I, if you ask me, what does it mean about superior basketball moving forward? I believe if we can continue to do what we're doing, and I don't even mean wins and losses. I mean developing. I think I think. I look forward to what the future has in store Um, and don't take anything for granted, but I I think there's some momentum there and I believe in that.
0: Mm. That's great insight, coach. I appreciate that. And there is an art to developing players and we can talk about that in any level of sports and how some programs definitely do that better than others. So I do appreciate that insight. So looking back on some more results that you guys have had throughout this season and, you know, trust us, we are going to talk about (laughs) what you guys have covered up this weekend with a huge road series against north central and northwestern but speaking of being on the road and when Mm -hmm. you got to prepare for a back-to-back that is so difficult in this league especially when you have two high quality opponents you guys had it last month where you take down crown and morris in one weekend on the road taking it off the floor for just a moment i know you always have the next game in mind you have to keep the bigger picture in mind as a head coach but when your guys execute what you've been practicing all week They ignore all the noise surrounding it and are able to come up with big wins like that on the road. How do you celebrate? How do you maybe just take a moment? Is there some food you like to get? Is there a ritual that you do when you get a win like that? I know there's always practice the next day. There's a game coming up moving forward. But how do you enjoy maybe the little things, if you want to call it that, throughout the season when you get big wins like that on the road?
1: Huh, another good question, guys. Um, I I don't know. I I'll tell you what. I I I love being around our guys. I really do. I love it. Um, I hope they say the same about me. That's probably on a day to day basis at times, but um, I I love being around our guys and you know you know a lot of these games that we played within the league. It's really interesting. I might get on a little side tangent here. We're over the break. You know, we played two games in fall semester. And, you know, we split that weekend on the road at, at Bethany and Martin Luther. And then we've played a, a number of games, you know, in the month of January when I think all of us were on, you know, the, the you know, the, the break between fall and spring semester. So, I, you know, and now we're playing Friday and Saturdays. And, I you know, I think we were playing Friday and Saturdays last year, but, you know, we were really affected by COVID the last two years where there was no flow or rhythm to our schedule, you know, really for two years. So the Friday-Saturday thing is kind of new to us a little bit too. So we've it, – it's we all know that it's very enjoyable to come off a Friday night win and head into Saturday. And, you know, that, that's got a lot of power in itself. So I've enjoyed – our moments of being able to prepare throughout the week, you know, we've been fortunate for the most part, not all of them, but to, to you know, win on Friday. And that, there's a lot of power in, you know, everybody being in a good mood, everybody enjoying each other's company, everybody being able to, you know, enjoy the the fruits of their, their work leading up into Friday night. I've just enjoyed that environment. Don't get me wrong. We we love to you know eat good and, and relax and this and that um, and just be around one another. Um, that's what I've enjoyed the most. I know that's a really bland answer for you, uh, but we with this, this group is is really I think really close. So yeah, we've just enjoyed hanging out. We we've enjoyed. Getting to the schools early, walking around school, sitting in the locker room, talking to one another—we've kind of got some pre-game rituals we do and whatnot that you know are kind of unique to us. But yeah, I've just enjoyed being around the group. You know, we've tailored practice a little different than we ever have uh, now that we've started spring semester and uh, we're kind of feeling that out a little bit now that classes have started. We're treating the week a little different than we have. Uh, yeah, we've just enjoyed being around one another. Um, because we ask a lot of them, you know, leading up to those games. So when we're able to execute what we've been at times fairly demanding on, or maybe very demanding on at times, Monday through Thursday, like that's their time to, you know, enjoy that because they've earned that. And and as much as I can enjoy that with them, I do. We've kept Saturday mornings pretty, not low-key or loose, but we we try to just kind of keep that flow and rhythm had Heading into Saturday afternoon uh, for you know that back-to-back doubleheader, so there's a lot there for you. I don't know if I gave you what our what we do to or what our food is or what we do after a big win, but we just enjoy being around one another.
2: That's certainly a good sign of a good culture. That's that's for sure. Here's my one kind of fun question. I guess that I'll throw in there as well. Uh, I don't know if you're, you're a football fan or not, but Peyton Manning, he came out with a comment recently about halftime adjustments, and he said, oh, that's full of malarkey. You go in there, you get a soda or something, then you come back out for the second half. Is he full of it? Do you actually make adjustments in the locker room, or did he just let us in on a little inside secret to the trade there?
1: Well, That's another good question, guys. <laughs> um, I think there's a, there's truth to both. I'm not avoiding that 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 question, but I think – yeah, I don't know. I think we treat halftime different, you know, maybe even game to game. I, I've, been, I've been a little more cognizant this year because I think there's a lot of good coaches in this league. Uh, a lot of good coaches. They're all, they're all good coaches. And everybody has something that, that you have to be ready for. And it doesn't matter the record. It does not matter even the scoreboard at halftime. And so I've, been, I've tried to be very cognizant of like, okay, what's one thing that maybe we're prepared for in this game that do we need to adjust to this. And you know, we've been a little more again back to system in development of just learning who we are of okay, here's plan A for the game. But we're we're aware of plan B and C. And it's not necessarily oh, we're going to run this play instead of that play or we're going to do this or that, but just, you know, is there a subtle thing that would take it from A to B or a subtle thing that would maybe take it from B to C? that we can be aware of. So yeah, there's some of that, but there's there's a lot of power with, you know, these are these are college basketball players at all UMAC institutions. Um, but we're dealing with 18 to 22, 23, 24, maybe we got some 25-year-olds out there, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that, that guys are still, like, they're still growing. Like, guys are still learning, you know, we've, you know, we've got, you know, some veteran experience on our team, but we've got a number of young guys too, where, you know, we're just kind of learning how to get through games and get through a season even. And so there's some time, you know, you just need to recollect in there. Sometimes you gotta keep the the mood loose. Sometimes you gotta, you know, put the hammer down a little bit and, and, you know, bring everybody up. Um, So I think there's a little bit of everything. So I I think, I don't know if if anything I've learned this year, Again, I don't have all the answers, but I think when you, you the second you feel you have something, it can it can change in a second. Whether it's within the game, whether it's within the day, whether it's in the week, it can all change. You know whether that's good to oh we got to con- we have something concerning here or oh this was a concern. All of a sudden we're we're locked in now. And I just think you always have to keep your your a pulse of things. And uh, there's obviously a balance of not being too much with it too, but. Uh, Yeah, I just think you got to be on guard all the time. And some days maybe you just go in the locker room and grab a soda or whatever Peyton Manning said. Or some days, you know, maybe you got to be ready to, like, be on top of it and make adjustments too. So I think it's day-to-day or game-to-game.
2: I'm going to guess most D3 schools that you visit don't have that on hand for you in the locker room. They're not hooking you up with the soda and the peanuts and stuff. Yeah,
1: absolutely (laughs) zero. Absolutely (laughs) zero. I'm trying to think of, like, Annie, I think I think if you're lucky to have a Gatorade cooler in there with some some plastic cups, and then, then you've hit a home <laughs> run there. So,
0: but we love it, and uh, that's why we. Oh yeah. a lot oh, yeah. Is is unlike any other. So uh, <laughs> yeah, moving moving forward from that, Coach, I want to circle back to what you were talking about moments ago, and you alluded to it a little bit. I think it's fascinating with the number of different coaches that we talk about, you know, I won't ask you specifically what you think about the Friday to Saturday versus what we've had in the past where it's a Wednesday Saturday schedule, but it is a grind. Like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I mean there's no way around mm-hmm. it when you play on a Friday night and you got a big game the next day, and whether it's coming off of a win or a loss, you really got no time to dwell on that cuz you got another ball game. Take us inside if you will a little bit without, you know, divulging your game plan going into this weekend, but We mentioned earlier, you guys are in a good spot right now, sitting at seven and three in UMAC play. At this stage of the season, you're facing all these squads for the second time. So first off, Friday night, you come down to the Twin Cities, you're facing a North Central Club, who you fell to back on the 21st at the Mertz. And then you play Northwestern the next day, just down the road in St. Paul, a squad that you beat last month at the Mertz, who's tied at the top with you right now at seven and three. I lay all that out to say, how do you game plan during the week to say, I want to get this much hay in the barn, if you will, where we're set at this point by the time our bus is pulling into the twin cities on Friday and you're getting close to Clark Danielson. Cause we hear some coaches say it's a big time cram session in a way for some things, trying to make corrections from Friday night to get ready for Saturday where, you know, for you, is it a late night Friday or is it an early day Saturday and a ton of preparation there? I guess to sum it up and not be ultra confusing as I'm probably being how much do you do beforehand and how much has to be done the weekend of and maybe it's an advantage for you you say when you're playing a team like North Central Friday and Northwestern on Saturday where you've already seen them once so how much of that work still has to be done I guess this coming weekend to get ready
1: yeah I kind of touched on you know the different aspects that you brought up I think that um each weekend poses a different approach or challenge. I think you know each team's. Uh, there, there's some similarities between some. In my opinion, in my opinion, there are some similarities with some teams in our league. But I think there's a lot of you know diversity of play as well with within our within our league. I don't think we're all the same. Um, there are some teams that have some similarities um so i think you know you can use one team to help teach for another team you know if there's some similarities there you know you can have some carryover and some natural progression and practice uh leading up monday through thursday that you know it's not you're shifting gears as much Um, I think if you have a sense for your team in that Monday through Thursday of like, hey, you know, we're pretty ingrained in, you know, understanding, you know, how to handle example A. You know, I'm not going to push too much on that Monday through Thursday. Um, I, I think that it's important, and I think the other seven coaches in the league would agree that. You know, I think this. I think first of all, these four games ahead of us are going to be. I don't take anything for granted. I think these are four very good teams that we play. Two of them being on the road, um, and I, I think it this these this last two weeks of the season. I think is very challenging. Not only because of like what's at stake, and you're going into games twenty one through twenty five. Everybody's been at it for three and a half months or more, um, that you're kinda you're not only managing the matchup, the games, you're managing how to handle what has just occurred the last three and a half months. And you're kinda I don't wanna say it's a guessing game, um, but you're kinda, you know, again, trying to feel the pulse of where things are at and, and at the same time you're still trying to hold a standard and, and keep your team on edge and, and fighting but but not too much. I just think the end of the year is you, there's a lot to manage there just in general let alone the opponents but to your lot to the other part of your question for me i don't i i don't know if every team's like this i would venture to guess no but there for us there's been a lot of preparation on friday night within the staff but we've tried to narrow that down and funnel it down to as as minimal amount as possible once it hits the players on saturday morning now there's some form of like, uh, awareness for our Saturday opponent before Saturday morning, don't get me wrong. There's, there's stuff that happens leading up, but, but there's a lot, for us anyways, that happens Friday night. And whether that's a home series or an away series, uh, some of me really likes these Friday-Saturdays, but that Friday push after the Friday game... That I, I don't know if I'm doing that the right way or not, but that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> so I don't know if it's the right way or not, but it's occurring on our end. I can tell you that. So.
2: Let's talk about this uh, upcoming weekend a little bit, Coach. You got uh, North Central to start things off on Friday. They got you the first time around. They're a very good team. What did they do in that game? What what sticks out to you about that one last time you played them as you get ready to take them on again here?
1: Yeah, I thought they played very hard. I I, I felt from the get-go on October 15th at North Central is going to be a good team this year. Um, and they obviously have proven to be that. Um, I think that there's a lot of experience there. There's a lot of physicality there. There's a lot of versatility there. Um, and that's how they can beat you. Um, I thought that game that in credit to them, I didn't think we were as efficient offensively credit to them. Um, I thought that um, Thought we got a little outside of ourselves defensively at the end of that game, and, and you can't be perfect, you can't be perfect, but I, I didn't think we were necessarily at our best, but again, credit to them. Um, so I'm trying to remember the exact question you asked me. If you asked me about the last game or what happened yeah, or what's going to happen. Just, yeah.
2: just if you remember anything from that game specifically as you get ready for this one and what what allowed them, I guess, to come out on top compared to, you know, if if you can turn that around this time. Yeah,
1: I mean, we struggled to score it at the level that we would like to in that game. Um, and, again, credit to them. I thought, um, you know, Filer, Filer obviously had some really good play there, but they all contributed. I mean, everybody on that team contributed. Yeah. Um, We've had some really good games with them the last few years. I mean, we've had, we've had a lot of single-digit games with them my, my whole time that I've been in Superior. So, um, yeah, we've had a lot of good games there and, uh, you know, they're in here. So, yeah, they made the plays at the end, you know, and I think they got on the offensive glass on us a bit. Uh, um, like I said, we didn't score it well enough, and, and they, they made some big plays to end that game. I mean, that, that game still could have went either way, but they made the plays the last two minutes of the game.
0: Pretty simple, coach. I'm just going to go to the next one then. I know from what we just talked about, there is some cramming that happens. You have to look at North Central first. I understand that. So you may not know your total game plan and what you're thinking going into the Erickson Center on Saturday because obviously first things first, Tomorrow's not guaranteed. You have to take on North Central Friday night. That being said, Northwestern, a squad that you beat the first time, a defensive battle if you want to put it that way from the outside where neither squad hits 60, you guys go into overtime, but you come up with a huge win at the Mertz. You know, year in year out, they're near or at the top, heading down the stretch. What do you learn from that one going into this one, and what is it going to take to pick up a road victory and spoil Senior Day Saturday for Northwestern?
1: Well, first I didn't know it was Senior Day Saturday, so thanks for letting me know that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a tough road trip. You know, it was kind of we were on the road a lot in that middle portion of the year. I mean, we, we were on the road a lot, so you could kind of look out and be like, okay, we're gonna play, you know, a number of these games at home. You know, we go to Ashland, which isn't too far away, and then we've got a close weekend trip going down to the cities. Well, close as in two, you know, two plus hours, but um, so you look at it from afar and it's like, oh, okay, that that's that actually lines up pretty good. But it's a very challenging weekend with with both those teams, and now you got me talking the remainder of this season and into the future. So I'm probably going to be a little more tight lipped, but um, you know, what's it going to take to go into Northwestern? What's that going to look like? I just have the utmost respect for Northwestern before I was even in this position as superior. I, I just have the utmost respect and, and obviously the utmost respect for him since I've been here uh, that you can't have any holes in your game when you go play them. and, I'm not probably won't broadcast it here too much, but i I think there's, I I think Northwestern's attacked us in a certain way, and it's worked a lot for them. It's worked a lot for them, and it's not something like oh we're gonna outsmart them on or outplay them on or outcoach them on. We gotta come to play hard against Northwestern because uh, and they know that this is no secret or anything. I'm you know letting out of the bag here. You know they they just come to play, and there's there's a great deal of size. you know, they're very physical. They're very capable. I mean, they're 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 deep. So Yeah, we gotta come to play on Saturday. And, you know, I think for everybody in the league, Saturday is, you know, a lot of that there's a there's an element of execution and playing smart, but playing a game less than twenty four hours. You know, there, a lot of it comes down to effort and, and who's willing to, you know, grind it out, you know, two games in 24 hours. That, that's an element of it, too. So that, that's going to have to be present for us on Saturday for us to beat a very, both two very good teams. And again, Northwestern has been very good to, to be able to beat them on their home court. It's been, um, to be honest with you, I don't know, I don't think we've won down there. We've had some good games down there. Uh, but I think all our, our wins against Northwestern have all occurred in Superior, so it's going to take a heck of an effort.
2: And just in general then, Coach, as you get ready for the stretch too, you'll have two more games against good teams You know, the week after. They're all good games this year. That's just yep. the way the conference is. It's a really good conference. So as you get ready to close the stretch out here and get ready for you know, uh, hopefully a run at the uh, conference championship in the tournament, let's say, What's it going to take for this team to get over the hump if you will get to that level and cut down the nets? Is it one or two things you're looking at specifically? What's what's a characteristic of a championship quality team, I guess is what I'm asking.
1: This is going to be real coach speak on you. Uh, I think if if we're able to do something like that, huge if, because we're, we're not in any better position than anybody else to do that, because... There's a lot of games. I mean, there's almost a third of the conference season left. And it's all going to happen within whatever that is, eight, nine days. Um, and a lot's going to transpire. But a characteristic, we, we've got to stay true to us. We've got to stay true to us. We are not going to feel that anything's going to be handed to us. I know that. But the work that we've done up to this point um, is... It's been good, but it's not enough. You know, so we have to stay true to us and what we've been to this point. So that that has to stay consistent. We can't think we're to the finish line. So there needs to be a discipline there. And what that discipline means for our team, um, you know, we're going to have to play with a great effort. Um, We're going to have to play with great execution on both sides of the ball. And we're going to have to continue to play together. And uh, so when I say us, play, you know, stay true to us. That That's us. So, um, you know, what that all looks like, X and O, that's another thing. But we, we've we got to stay true to that. And I think if we can do that and we can stay consistent, we can give ourselves a chance uh, to, to potentially move on, whether that's into the playoffs, advance in the playoffs, put ourselves, you know, potentially in a, in a further position after that. But, but all of those things have to be earned um they're definitely not going to be handed out and we're not going to l- get lucky if you will you know that, that the, the, whoever's there at the end is going to have earned that that's for sure
0: coach i will wrap with this one i uh, appreciate you being so generous with your time this evening when you got plenty of other things you could be doing in uh, preparing so we do appreciate it no happy Looking to be now, here Kind of at the conference as a whole in the spot that you guys are in, like you said, there's still work left. It's been good so far, but it's still not enough. I know you're preaching that to your players, but you're in a spot where anything's left on the table. As I mentioned earlier, we don't know how seating's going to look. You guys definitely have at least a puncher's chance to be in the tournament. And then from there, whatever happens, happens. As we look into the last week of February, why didn't I call it the February frenzy? They call it March Madness on the D1 side. Well, February is really where it's at as far as the UMAC goes. All that is to be said, you're one of a select group of coaches that is privileged enough to be in a position like this where you're leading a squad and you have a team in position to accomplish something really great in a couple weeks. And I know you take it one day at a time, one practice at a time, one game at a time, but what does it mean for you personally to put in all this work in the off season, plan the practices out in August, September, October, the lawn bus rides, all of it, to be in a spot like this where you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and say, we've put ourselves in a spot. We don't know what's going to happen from here, but we've put ourselves in a spot. What does that mean to you to be in a position like this?
1: Uh, Well, you're right. It's definitely a privilege. That is 100% accurate. Um, Yeah, I I just, I'm really proud of our guys because uh, I know that, we ask a lot of them and as fun as we have together and as enjoyable as it is and and i know that they're going to look back on their time and, and everybody in the UMAC, back on their time having the opportunity to play college basketball and you know be in a competitive atmosphere and have the opportunity to have success and they're really going to cherish that um, so i'm really happy for them in that aspect and that's why it's a privilege um, I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. I, I just, I'm just really, I, I'm just happy for our guys. And, you know, I just, I know it's still fleeting. I know it's so fleeting. That's why I guess I'm kind of lost for words. And you're asking me, what does it mean to me? I, I just think it's so hard. It's so hard to win a college basketball game. It's so hard to win a game. And you're talking about, You know, winning multiple, and I I know that seems like real corny when I say that, or, you know, what do you mean, you can only win one game? You know, a lot's got to go right to win games, and especially conference games. So for us to even be in the conversation, um, and and there's no doubt, like, have we had our our bouts of adversity uh, this year, before this year? that like we've had to stare down in the mirror and, and embrace and, and and handle and and be honest with ourselves at times. And we've asked we've just asked so much of our guys on uh, and, and you know, as fun as it is, I know it's been very demanding for them at times and they've they've done just a great job of responding to that. So I'm just extremely proud of them and extremely thankful uh for their efforts. Um and allowing me to be a part of it to be quite honest with you so i hope that's not too coach speak for you but that's that's honestly what i think right now today on wherever we're at february 7th uh or 8th whatever it is today um and if you ask me again in a few weeks i might have a different answer for you but th- but that's where i'm at right now
0: absolutely that's great stuff coach It's authentic and uh that's all we can ask for so as I mentioned, really do appreciate your time. Best of luck this weekend and through the rest of the ride. However long that goes, this is the time that we all wait for and want to soak in. So enjoy it over the next couple of weeks. And uh, again, we really appreciate the time.
1: Well, I appreciate the time from you guys too. And again, thanks for the coverage you have. And, and I, I know you guys have a sincere enjoyment in it and investment in it. And I think the the more I'm in it each year in Division Three basketball and like you said, the UMAC, it's, it's, it's awesome. So I just think it's, it's awesome that you guys are, are giving it a, an additional platform. So thank you for the work you do as well.